It's been a very lovely winter's day today, and the evening is also looking very fine so far. And with that, I thought we could squeeze in a little episode of I Do The Numbers. Welcome once again, my name is Mike. Before we kick things off, as always, I recommend that you go to our website, idothenumbers.com, no spaces, and you navigate to the reports section. There you will not only find all of the summary reports that we have prepared for our previous episodes, but also a little slide deck for today's episode, where we support what we will be talking about here today with a few additional information charts, graphs, and examples. So if you haven't done it already, go to our website and download the report. It's free and you don't have to provide any personal information to get it. Now, people, what is happening out there? There is an epidemic of amateur retail traders, amateur retail speculators that is organizing in social media groups on Reddit, Facebook, or even Twitter. They use platforms and apps like Robinhood and Trade Republic. And all of a sudden, everybody, regardless of whether they understand squat about anything, believes they should get into the game of trading stocks. Some of them use leverage. Some of them try to replicate complicated trading strategies. And what's happening is that you see overreactions everywhere. We appear to live in a time where fundamental analysis where the strength and the value of a company no longer depend on how a business is run, no longer depends on how well it is financed and how well it is positioned for the future. The only thing that seems to drive a stock price is, is some lunatic on Reddit saying that it is the hot potato of the day. And will we then see thousands and thousands of amateur retail investors jump on the bandwagon, drive stocks through the roof, and make sure that a lot of people make money, but also a lot of people lose money? Some people even their livelihood as this frenzy happens. That is what we will be talking here about today. There is something that just happened to the stock of GameStop, which is called a short squeeze. And I want to use today's episode not to do what I usually do, look at a company in detail, analyze its history, its performance, provide a view about its outlook. No, today I want to talk about what a short squeeze is, why it happened to GameStop, and why it's happening now. And with that, once again, hello, welcome. My name is Mike. This is I Do The Numbers. Let's talk about the short squeeze of GameStop. Starting with a little explanation. So for those of you who don't know what it means to sell something short or shorting a stock, let me briefly explain how this works. So in the market, you have people believing that the price of a stock will increase over time. And if you bet on that, if you buy a stock and you believe that it will appreciate in value over time, it means that you're along the stock. You're betting on it to go up. Now, the opposite is also possible. You can, if you believe 
that a stock or a company is overvalued, bet against the stock, bet on the price of the stock falling. And that, in very simple terms, is called short selling a stock or shorting a stock. Now, let's assume a very, very simple short transaction. How does it work? It works in five easy steps. The first step is that if you want to, you go to a broker and you can borrow the shares that you want to short. Once you've borrowed the shares, you sell them in the market at whatever level they're trading. And then you wait and you hope that the stock will fall. And if it falls and it's fallen as far as you believe it will, you buy back the shares at a lower price, you return them to the lender, and you pocket the difference between what you received when you originally sold the stock at a higher price and bought it back at a lower price later on. It's a bit more complicated than that. There's a lot of initial and maintenance margin involved. There is borrowing cost involved. So for the short seller, there's a lot of things to consider and it's much more expensive to maintain a short selling position than a long position in a stock. And I provide some details and examples in the report that I've provided, which you will find on our website. But just understand this, because there's borrowing costs involved, because there's margin calls involved, and because there's always the risk that a stock will not fall but rise, the risk profile of a short seller is entirely, is entirely different than that of a, someone who's long the stock. The upside is capped. If the stock goes to zero, it goes to zero, it cannot go further down. So that is the maximum you can achieve. But the downside for the short seller is unlimited because in theory anyway, the stock price could rise indefinitely. In the past, this is what a lot of people have done with the GameStop stock, and it's still going on right now. And the reason for that is something that I want to very briefly address. Let me talk about GameStop for a moment. And it starts with a word that I've seen so many times when browsing through GameStop's press releases and annual reports and interviews of the top management, the word that comes up all the time is the word transformation. So download any GameStop annual report, let's say over the last decade or so, I haven't checked. You will find the management letters, the letters that the management writes to the shareholders informing them about how the year went and that everything is looking peachy and how, how great the outlook is. And you have so many buzzwords and so many positive thinking involved that you know it can possibly be true. I would tell you to ignore these letters. If it weren't for one almost comical aspect of the GameStop report. So I took the report, let's say, from 2011, 2015, and 2019. Let me read from them. 2011 was a year of transformation and change. We have remained agile and responsive. Four years later, 2015, they write this. 2015 proved to be another successful year of transformation for GameStop. Wow, okay, so transformation's still going on there after four or five years. So let's see what they said in 2019. The 2020 annual report has not been released yet, but 2019 I have here in front of me, and it says, in 2019, we implemented a transformation plan. So, so this has been going on for a while. It appears to be part of the culture of GameStop to ever be transforming. It, it would be funny if it wasn't such a dire cry for help of a failing business, a business that might go out of business soon, that might be required to file for bankruptcy any moment, 
where jobs and livelihoods are at risk. If it weren't for that, you could actually laugh about this history of we are undergoing change, we're transforming the business, we have a transformation plan, we are transforming this, we are transforming that. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a sign of a company that has no idea what it should do next, and apparently hasn't for quite some time now. Of course, I know what you might say. Hey, Mike, this is hindsight bias. You know, you know today that GameStop is in a terrible situation. You know, you know today that they might be close to bankruptcy. And with that knowledge, it's easy to say that, hey, you know, that was totally predictable. Perhaps it wasn't predictable. But having read all these management letters and having heard these repeated, shiny, promising picture displays of you know, littered with buzzwords and nonsense of how they are going to transform the business and ready it for the future. I can't help but wonder, could it be that the proof and the indication and the signal was there all along and that just not enough people paid attention? Well, if you look at their financials, so I went back to 2015, their financial years from, from early February to the end of January, by the way. And if you look at these numbers, if you look at the last six years of revenue development and profit development, you look at their balance sheet, what you see is the picture of a failing business. GameStop was already failing before COVID. And then Corona COVID hit. So you go figure what that did to the business. If you ask me how, how GameStop is doing financially, the short answer is it's not doing well. It's quite awful, in fact. In the past three years, GameStop has incurred significant operating losses. If you look at the, the most recent quarterly earnings report from November, you can see that, that they're once again down significantly compared year on year, of course, because of COVID. We're talking 30, 40, perhaps 50% revenue decline to be expected this year. And along with the declining revenue year over year, along with the operating losses that they are incurring year after year. Their equity position is shrinking so fast that you have to wonder that without a massive capital injection, and they're trying to get there, they, they will file the prospectus soon saying, we want to raise capital, but you have to wonder who is going to give money to this company. A company that has performed badly in the past, that has not adjusted its business model quickly enough, transformed, you might say, to the new e-commerce world, into the new world where distributing Games, in particular video games and other forms of content, digitally rather than physically. This is a, a, a poorly managed company with poor financials and a weak business outlook, you know, in this never ending transformation phase. And you have to wonder who is going to give money to this company. Which backs the question why is this so called short squeeze? And we will get to that in a minute happening now. So you see a failing business, you see a stock price that over the past five to six years has declined from almost $47 a share to $2.80 a share. And over the last few days, it's jumped up to over $75 a share. So let's see. In early November 2015, GameStop is trading at $46.72, meaning the market cap of the company back then was $2.8 billion. Now, this was a time when it was still a company that delivered between eight and nine billion dollars in revenue and was and was not highly profitable, but at least they were still profitable. 
That was a time when the market said, okay, we're going to value this company at $2.8 billion. It was a time when they had $2.1 billion in equity left. They had half a billion dollars in cash. They had very little long-term debt. Everything looked perhaps not promising, but at least not as dire as today. Then, fast forward to April 3rd last year. The stock hits its all-time low, $2.80 a share. The market cap all of a sudden is below $200 million. That was not even a year ago. So apparently all of these people shorting the stock over time have been right. For the past five years, the stock has been nothing but going down, and they were right about it. And some of them might have closed their short position already, getting nice and fat along the way. Others might have waited for a further decline. But 280 was the all-time low. And now today, as, as I'm recording this, apparently this failing, miserable company that has been transforming from I don't know what, a good company at one point to a desperate, ugly company today is apparently worth $4.5 billion. $4.5 billion. Now let's see. We know that the current price of the stock in the market only reflects future expectations. Short-term, mid-term, long-term, whatever. It's not about the past. It's about what people expect to happen next. So does this mean anything? Has anything changed? Is perhaps all of a sudden GameStop's outlook for the future warrants this massive increase in valuation? Has anything changed? All right. Is there perhaps a new investor on the horizon saying, I want to buy the business and I want to transform the business into something else? And the market buys into it and says, yes, this is what's going to happen. They have new members on the board, all experts from different areas. GameStop is going to make a huge comeback out of almost bankruptcy, beyond what they were five or six years ago. If that were the case, then I would say, okay, it's perhaps a bit early, perhaps a bit too optimistic, but at the end of the day, sometimes companies can be turned around and some investors that believe in it are willing to pay for it. What's happened here has nothing to do with that. And let's go back to December 8, 2020. Back then, the stock was trading at roughly $17. It declined steeply after this, GameStop released its Q3 earnings report. And this, this report said, due to the uncertainty around the duration and evolving impact of COVID-19, the company is continuing to suspend its guidance. So in early December, what you had was Q3 figures showing our revenue is way down. Our profits are way down. Yes, we've, we've made some savings, but we will incur another heavy loss. And if I project this loss, we will be out of money and, and, and negative equity by the end of the financial year. This is what the outlook in December 8 was. Not by the company, but if you can do some math, this is what you would have figured out. And then after the, the recent holiday season, you know, because they're so desperate, they want to make another release like, hey, we want to tell you how the holiday season went. It went super well. So we want to make sure that people understand it's not all that bad. And on January 11, they did just that. And they said the following. So unless further unforeseen COVID-19 related impacts occur, we expect to realize positive comparable store sales results and profitability in the fiscal fourth quarter. 
unless COVID rages longer than expected or anything un unexpected happens, which, by the way, is happening all the time all over the world. COVID is making people crazy. Nothing is written in stone. The next day it could be entirely different than the previous one. So they say under this circumstance that we have COVID under control, nothing unforeseen happens, then we will be profitable in the fourth quarter and we will have an increase in sales again. Which is nice, you know, which is fine. And the stock then traded at roughly $20, so already appreciated it a little. Perhaps they're actually they're turning the business around. But this careful positive outlook for one quarter without knowing what's going to happen next does not warrant at all that the company is now being valued at 4.5 million. So what we saw was not someone believing that they will make a comeback or a lot of investors believing it. What we saw was a short squeeze. You're talking about a lot of short sellers trying to cover their positions as the stock price rises because of all this frenzy that was caused in the, in the social media channels. And by retail investors, the price of the stock increased. A lot of short sellers are trying to cover their positions to either minimize their losses or take away whatever profits they already had in their books. And this is still going on. And this is the only thing that can explain this explosion in valuation, this explosion of the stock price. It's absolutely lunatic. We're not talking about that they finally achieved the transformation of the business, that e-commerce all of a sudden at GameStop is booming, that costs are down, the outlook is promising, there's a white knight of the horizon who will give us more money and we will make the comeback of the century. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that you have amateur retail investors, so-called investors, they're speculators. They're speculating heavily, driven by, by unfounded analysis, perhaps even market manipulation. I don't know how legal it is what's going on out there. And then you have short sellers being forced to cover their position, forced by these fools in the market, and thereby perhaps becoming the fools themselves. This is the only explanation to, what, to what's happening to GameStop. So I usually don't recommend that you do anything, whether it's investor or divest, but I will say today, don't get involved. This may be over soon. And I guess that economic realism and fundamentals will take over once more. A lot of people will be burned. Others will have made a fortune. But GameStop is, to me, still worth very little, if anything at all. To me, this is still a company headed for bankruptcy. It's not a company that's worth $4.5 It's not a company that's even worth $2 billion or $1 billion. It's way below that. But it just tells you how a certain dynamic can impact the entire way a particular company and a particular stock is seen by the market to unrealistic expectations. Who people who see the stock climbing from 10 to 20 to 50 all of a sudden think GameStop is a cool investment. They buy at 50, then it goes to 60. They think, wow, this is going through the roof. I will buy more. It goes to 70. Some of them say, okay, I will pocket my returns. This is great. Others will say, I'm going to hang on. This is going all the way to 100. And then all of a sudden they realized it's just a bubble. It was just a short squeeze. It was just irrational behavior causing short sellers to cover their positions, driving up the stock indefinitely. And it will come crashing down again. And a lot of people will get hurt. As for GameStop itself, Perhaps they can make a comeback. I certainly hope they do because I hate people losing their jobs because a business is managed inadequately or because they operate in a way and in a world where the business model that they have is simply failing. 
and even though they describe themselves as the ultimate transformers, this transformation hasn't worked. I don't know whether it will work in the future. But what I do know is, stay out of the stock and wait for it to come crashing down again. This is my expectation. My name is Mike. This is I Do The Numbers. As always, if you like what I'm telling you or if you don't like what I'm telling you, I'd appreciate if you could leave a comment on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Share this with your friends, with your colleagues, with your family. It would help us greatly if we were to build a bigger audience. I'll be back next week. We will then talk about the old format of detailed fundamental analysis about the Coca-Cola company as we start looking into the food and beverage industry. And instead of having my my good friend Kevin play us out today, talking about his, his absolute absolute ambition in life, I will just include a few sound bites from financial magazines, TV shows um, that I found talking about GameStop. Listen to these experts as they provide you with their view of what's going on in the market with GameStop and other stocks as well. My name is Mike. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Thanks. Wall Street Bets, which is really driving this, what they've done, that's a site on Reddit, what they've done is target large short positions. Now, they have not targeted small short positions. GameStop was 148% short. They went after uh, Best Buy this morning because that's 67% short. They're obviously, uh, by the way, BlackBerry's not. They just happen to, happen to be a big favorite. Palantir, we don't know where they're doing. But I'm not, I actually think, uh, Herb, that they're smarter than we think. They're after the ones that are too shorted. No, short selling is not dead. But they're very smart about what to target. I've been on Wall Street for over 20 years, and I cannot think of anything that I've seen that is nearly as insane as what's going on with the GameStop right now. This is not a situation like Tesla, for example, where the stock keeps going up and up and up. But at the end of the day, I mean, they've got a great product. They've got a founder who's a genius. Um, the, the secular tailwinds with the shift to electronic vehicles. I mean, you know, the the stock price is going one way, and the, and the fundamentals are going the complete opposite. So this is this. This is, uh, this is truly insane, quite frankly. It's a high short interest stock with a blue sky story to it, sports gaming. I, so I understand why I would say, me as an investor, this is a kind of high short interest stock that I actually want to buy, right? Because mm-hmm. where it could go, investors on it, I see Einhorn came out today, he owns the stock. So I said, okay, fine. This is the kind of stock that could go higher and we're going to look out to the future. GameStop's the opposite. So you know, I'm just not understanding why people choose particular stocks to be fanatical about. Most importantly, it's ringing the cash register. When does this become manipulation, Jim? It's such a tough question because remember, what's manipulation? How about if an analyst came out right now and said, I think GameStop is going to 250? Would we give that person a pass? Yes, because of the First Amendment. No, no, listen to me. It's First Amendment protection versus the idea of a group getting together to bust the shorts. But if the group is not a real group, it's just a lot of people who love it, it's going to be very hard for the U.S. attorney to do anything, Herb. What is it? The SEC. They're not. They're, what kind of case do they have? We like the stock. We like the stock. I mean, that's... That's the get where Ryan Cohen got so, in. He bought 15% and $8. He's on the board. We like the stock. How is that bad? Or do you think that they're concentrated and doing some sort of manipulation if they say they like the stock? 
I don't think it's overstated in the least bit. I mean, this is clearly individual investors. Many of them have Robinhood accounts. Many of them are trading with options. Many of them are trading on margins. You know, they don't they don't really understand, you know, how stocks at least are supposed to trade. Um, and the reason that they can have such an uh, an outsized influence is because GameStop has such high short interest, over 100% short interest. And so, you know, you have shorts who are, are covering their shorts and, and, and it pushes the, the stock higher. But I mean, this is definitely 100% being driven by retail investors, not by, you know, institutional investors, aside from institutional investors who are covering their shorts. You could have made an argument that GameStop was overpriced at 20 of 30 and now 40. Stock's going to go higher. It's going to go higher. The problem is, forget about the insider seller. Eventually, the company works against you because if this, you know, they're sitting with over a billion dollars in debt. So if you would just want to take the stock higher traders and the company says tomorrow, hey, we're going to go issue, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 million shares, you can't blame them. Somebody's like hijacked their story, you know? So I understand, you know, Ryan Cohen from Chewy owns a big part of this company at around $9. Very smart man. So if Ryan sells it at $20, he doubles his money. It's a huge thing. If Ryan sells it at zero, he's still a multi-billionaire. He can afford to do it. You know, so as much as I look at the full big picture of the stock, every day is a new individual day. It's the fact that that more and more gamers, you know, they're not buying physical games. They're just downloading them. And so, you know, GameStop can have a better website than Amazon. And that's not going to change that. So the advice I would give to retail investors, if you want to gamble, go to the casino. I mean, this is, you know, this is just not, uh, I mean, this is, this is not what the markets are for. I mean, look, I want to be very clear. I think it's great that individual investors are getting more involved in the, in the stock market. I mean, I think that, you know, a diversified portfolio is a great way to create wealth and save for retirement and, you know, and, and save for your family and all those type of things. But there's a difference between having a well-balanced portfolio with a bunch of different mutual funds or ETFs or even stocks. And and what we're seeing in GameStop, I mean, you know, look with the shorts. I, I would just say, I mean, any any company that's got really high short interest, you've got to be really really careful right now because you know what happened with GameStop, what's happening with with uh, you know with BlackBerry, with Bed Bath and Beyond, it can certainly happen to you. And, and I'll certainly tell you, if you're an individual investor and you've made a lot of money in, in GameStop, sell the stock now and and ask questions later. Right now, if people wanted to short GameStop. If you want to short GameStop, there's borrow to be short the stock. The borrow rate's gone down from like 80% to 20%, some places 10%. So, um, you know, right now, I think at these levels, people who are buying it are just chasing their own tail. Now they have to justify. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think through it. Now they're Come trying on, to justify. So I like to do this with you. You know that. Go now, ahead. I love it, Jim. I love being with you. So really? Now they have to justify. Now they have to justify the stock somehow. And that's where I believe you get into this issue of aggressive accounting, which people don't pay attention to any of that anymore. They haven't for a long time. People start getting more aggressive. They get hooked on the drug of aggressiveness. And that's why Jim Chanos is out there talking about the golden era of fraud. I was literally this is going to be a very interesting period going forward. I was literally very, thinking very of, of Chanos saying the golden age of fraud when he was with us the, golden um, age of fraud. the, 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 other, the other day. Okay, so tell me, what is the fraud Wall Street best decided to go after Bed Bath because some idiots are shorted when the whole company has changed? 67% short and the whole company's better than it used to be? What is the case to be short? Bed Bath and Beyond!